0: Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, this is your host, hopefully one of your favorite deplorable brothers, David J. Harris Jr. And I have an amazing show for you all today. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me as I break down the truth, the news that's not drenched in liberal bias. It's unadulterated, it's raw, it's real. And it's more important than ever that we all get the truth. Today's broadcast is brought to you by my good friend, Mike Lindell's company, My Pillow. Friends, if you need to sleep well, if you want to feel good while you're sleeping, you've got to try Mike Lindell's pillows or his sheets or his mattress topper. I have all of those. My wife absolutely loves his sheets, as do I. There's nothing I love more than actually feeling comfortable. Just that you feel so good and cool while you're sleeping. His new Giza sheets are absolutely amazing. Use the promo code David, that's my name, David, when you make your order at mypillow.com and you can save up to 60%. Yes, Mike Lindell gave a special promo code for me, for you, my audience. So you can save up to 60%, need new pillows, need sheets, want to give your mattress a makeover, get that pillow topper, that mattress topper, just use the code David and you'll save up to 60%. So let's get into my show today. Today I have the privilege of having a very good friend of mine on with me. And this friend, I believe, is the tip of the spear to all things that have to do with ending social media censorship. His current case that is right now sitting with the Ninth Circuit could absolutely change the game for these big tech companies to continue their reign of terror, censoring conservatives, censoring individuals that they just want to take their money. Basically, they've been doing it at will and they've been hiding behind CDA's immunity. And my friend has a case that I believe Attorney General William Barr, I can't say that I know this for certain right now, but I believe because of what he suggests and what he said, just the other day, the president of the United States signed an executive order to combat social media censorship. And Attorney General William Barr actually alluded to a current case, current litigation that uh, I believe is Jason Fix. So without further ado, my guest and my friend, Jason Fick. Jason, so glad to have you on my show today. My brother, how are you doing? I'm
1: doing great, Dave. Thank you for
0: having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure, my brother. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I want to know, you know, I got to watch the president talk about the executive order, literally signing into law, changes, effects that are uh, that are going to affect the ability for these big tech platforms to, to censor us. I myself have been a target over the last couple of years and specifically over the last year with Facebook lowering my reach, demonetizing my platform, which is the ability for me to be rewarded in some way for the content that I continually put out. Um, I've dealt with it for a year, but you've been dealing with this for years now. Let's start at the beginning. Let's give a preface. You had over 24 million followers on multiple Facebook pages. Yeah. About 20 million about followers. 25
1: million is what I built.
0: 25 million followers. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting just under a million right now on Facebook, and it's taken three years to get there, so I can't even imagine the work that you had to put in to be able to create 25 million followers on Facebook, yet you did it, and you also then uh, had figured out a way which there was obviously the reason Facebook is worth the half a trillion dollars they are, the 500 billion or whatever they're worth today is because of ads, is because of uh, eyeballs. It's the same kind of advertising that used to only exist in newspapers and magazines. And now it's in a digital format. You understood how to monetize that and you were making over $300,000 a month.
1: Yes, that's yes, I was And actually, I think that you're giving them too, cre- too much credit that the reason that they're worth half a billion, Dave, is because of us. The social network is us.
0: Half a trillion, right? Aren't they, worth about, aren't they worth about
1: $500 billion? Yes, but you said it was because of advertising and everything else like that. No, the reason they're worth that is because of us. It's because of the user base. We built it.
0: Correct. Because
1: they said, yes. come build your business on Facebook. So we did. And that's what the yes. problem has been is because the enticement to come here has been changed. But yes, I I built a a very, very large audience. We we went and we entertained a lot of people. I never really shared any, you know, really bad content of any type. But because we were considered low value content, Facebook didn't want us there. And that's not really what the CDA was intended for.
0: So, if we can jump into, if we can jump into this, I mean, you've shared, and I, we've been talking over the last couple of years about what you've been dealing with, at least a year and a half or so, about what you've been dealing with, how they targeted you. Just so the American public that are maybe listening to this for the first time are, are aware, and, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but Facebook basically unpublished the equivalent of 14 million of your followers, and then said that if you were to if you were to sell your pages to one of your competitors, that they would republish those pages. Is that what happened?
1: Yeah. So, so what happened was, is that they took the 14 million fans down, they unpublished it. They gave me no reasons at all. And I'm sure a lot of people have had the same exact thing happen to them. But the very interesting thing about me, which kind of bought them red handed, is um, I had gone to a competitor of mine and I asked them. I said, you know, can you guys save your reps will get my pages back. And, they, you know, the, these were a long time, you know, people that I knew. And they said, sure, you know, we'll we'll ask. Facebook came back to them and said, no, we're not going to do it for Jason Fick. But if you guys end up owning the pages, meaning you buy them from Jason Fick upon, you know, uh, completion of that contract, we will restore them. And now that might be hypothetical, except with the exact same content. It was my content. They did it. They actually republished them. So that's what's called prima facie evidence. It's right there. They did it. And the interesting thing about it, about it is, and I can ask anybody that's watching this right now, no matter what I shared, no matter what was on my pages, no matter how offensive or anywhere in between, what was the difference of when it was restored? It's identical. Only difference being who paid them more. Exactly. That company paid them 22 million as opposed to the 43,000 that I paid because I did everything organic. Wow. They need to devalue that organic reach for paid reach. Now we'll get into that a little bit deeper, but effectively what has happened is they offered something and then they changed the game on us. Matter of fact, they actually did what's called a bait and switch. Um, and attorney general Barr actually talked about that. So what ended up happening is when it all came back, I realized that the idea of the Communications Decency Act and it, there being a good faith effort to restrict access to objectionable material can't apply. It's, it's not possible because it's all back. And we started digging in and I realized you know, that they, they weren't gonna be able to do this. So we, we got dug in deeper on the CDA. And, and a matter of fact, actually Attorney General Barr talks about the, the CDA in uh, the president's um, presentation.
0: Yes, he did. Let's go to the first clip I've got. I've got several clips from this because, again, anybody that is just tired of social media companies censoring those that you like to watch, those that you want to hear from, friends, this absolutely is a game changer. This could be not only a game changer for all those individuals that have built a livelihood uh, on social media that have had it taken away, but more importantly, it's a game changer. For them to not sway the election or elections to come in the favor of the politicians that they want, that they deem need to be the uh, need to be in control. Here's AG Barr right now with uh, with our first clip. People
2: feel that on both sides of the aisle this was adopted 25 years ago to protect the fledgling industry and its purpose was to allow websites that were serving as essentially bulletin boards for diverse third-party content coming on uh, to say that you're not responsible for the content of that third-party information and it also tried to encourage Uh, These companies to take down things like child pornography or human trafficking, advertising and things by saying, if you act uh, to, to remove this kind of objectionable material, you won't you won't be liable for taking it down.
0: So there's Attorney General Bill Barr sharing what CDA immunity was initially put in place for. But that's not how these social media companies have been using it. They've been hiding behind CD immunity, CD immunity, specifically uh, 230. They've been hiding behind that. And then basically at will, lowering the reach of certain individuals, certain pages, expanding and, and broadening the reach of other pages. And ex- explain to this, what, what is this? What is this sharing? What AG Bar is sharing? How, how important is this that we all understand exactly what's taking place and what's about to change?
1: OK, so for the people that don't know what the CDA is, and, and some people may not, a lot of the American does actually know what it is and they want to understand it. The CDA represents it's called the Communications Decency Act and Section 230 of it. What he's talking about right there are the two aspects of C1 and C2. It's, it's like an outline. So you have A, A1, A2. Well, you get down to C, which is the protections for good Samaritan blocking and screening of offensive materials. Now, it's a protection section. It's a, it's basically what's protecting them. And what he's talking about in C1 is where they do nothing. They they essentially act as a bulletin board. Somebody else posted up there. They're not responsible for third-party information, but that's when they take no action. And the courts have actually gotten that a little bit mixed up in, in the Northern District, and they have taken that to mean that C1 protects them from any editorial, any curation, any Removals, any d- editorial decisions or functions that they do. Well, what we're saying, what we've cleared up in, in our lawsuit is, is that no C one is when they do nothing, absolutely nothing. And i and I'm going to give you a good example of how this really works in a very simple terms. The second piece he talks about is where they're able to take content down. That's the second one, C two, and C two allows a pretty wide swath of what they consider objectionable. And that of course is what the president's talking about with in terms of the regulations to find out exactly what is good faith. Because we haven't really had a a definition for good faith and and the courts haven't really looked into it. But the third thing is what happens if they're actually doing something, an action, that's not actually in good faith. It's it's a little different. That's where they're injecting or developing their own issues. Now that We talked about in our in our last interview there's something called cda f3 it's a little bit further down and that's not a protections thing this is purely a definition and the distinction is is that if they're a service provider they are given these protections but if they're a content provider they are not the definition in f3 is of a content provider and it says any person or entity responsible in whole or in part for the creation or development of information online and the way that legals work is is that every word is important so therefore we can actually render that down to any person or excuse me any entity responsible in part for the development of information well development is a very broad word so if and this is where a lot of censorship and a lot of concerns come up and i say well think about this for a moment if your competitor is who they're developing at your detriment, your removal, is that still under a good Samaritan ideal? Is that in good faith?
0: I don't think it's in good faith at all. I think it's specifically an attack on those that they don't want to have their voices heard. It's what I've been dealing with for the last year. Now answer me this. There's so many, so many cases have tried to come at big tech companies and they've lost. They've lost cases, they've lost in in, in the court of law. What's what separates your case that's currently in the Ninth Circuit from all those other cases, what was it that I know we've already talked about and you've shared with me and and made it really simple. What was it that you discovered that no other case has ever had an inkling or never had that direction, that perspective, that that angle on exposing how it's not good faith? What what separates your case? So when we
1: started this case, Facebook maintained that they were allowed to take down content. So our argument initially our complaint covered C2. And I mean, it absolutely slaughtered the C2A argument saying, hey, look, the same content, you can't say that. So Facebook came back at us and said C1. So we took C1 apart because C1 can't mean the same thing as C2. Then Northern District just dismissed it. So in our opening brief in the Ninth Circuit, we got into what I just spoke about, which is the F3, the development issue. So that when Facebook is taking money for any reason or say it's paying any one of the news networks to create content and is helping them for they're on the hook for developing the information. They don't have immunity. They must displace their own users. But where we went completely above and beyond everything and ironically and I'll tell you a, a simple way and a funny story about this is, is that I was explaining this to a friend of mine and I, and I said it's very much like you're in a car like say you're in a car and you see a car accident. Very quickly, there's three things you can do. First thing you can do is just drive past. Simply do nothing, right? The second thing you could do is you could stop and you could come over you could break the window out, and you pull them out of the burning car and you take them outside the of the road because you're rendering care in good faith. Remember that? The third thing you could do is you could stop and you could hold their door shut, let them burn to death. Now, if you did that, you are actually developing the problem, aren't you? You're injecting your own actions into the outcome of what's happening. So if you take those three things, do you know what those three, three things actually encompass? What? Good Samaritan. The definition of Good Samaritan was any action or omission, meaning to do something or not to do something. If it's done in good faith, uh, here's the big one. Not for compensation decisions. So whether they do an action or an inaction, that's based on money. They do not have good Samaritan. But they don't even stop there. If there's gross negligence or wanton and willful misconduct. So let's say, for example, wouldn't it be gross negligence if they allowed child pornography, right? If we notify them and they didn't do anything about it, that's gross negligence. It's not that they're no longer protected under C1. They've actually stepped into a different realm of gross negligence. So then the third one being wanton and willful misconduct, and this should apply to a lot of people. If their conduct is to sway elections, is to force conservatives out, they're not being a good Samaritan anymore. And the thing is, we don't we no longer have to look at C1 or C2, whether or not it was objectionable. We can simply say you're not doing those decisions as a good Samaritan. So therefore, all the way above C1 and C2 at C. Remember, this only on the outline. They lost their immunity at C, which means and now A.G. Barr and President Trump have mentioned they're looking into the financial incentives they have to remove content. That's a game changer. That is a monster.
0: Absolutely a game changer.
1: Yes, because they say it all the time that we remove the financial incentives they had to make that content in the first place. They didn't remove the content, they removed the money.
0: Yeah, exactly. It it removes the incentive. You know, me again, as a content creator, somebody that does my own show, that brings the news to the the people, to have my views go from two to three million people I'm reaching organically every single day down to 50,000 or 20,000. I mean, it's disheartening. It, it, and I continued to push through it because I just believed it was, my message was still going to reach somebody. And I felt that that's the position that God had placed me in and I wasn't going to give up. It's just been recently only the last month that they've lifted whatever they had on my page. And now I'm getting that same reach and even beyond. It's been, it's been amazing what I've seen. So your case is different. It's, it's, your arguments never been argued in in court before against big tech, and now we've got the president of the United States and Attorney General Bill Barr that are with this executive order are specifically targeting and literally paving the uh, uh, a pathway basically for your case. It's a beautiful thing to witness. Let's. They actually mentioned something though that was
1: kind of interesting. Is is that I, I believe they've been watching this case for much longer, inter- including Attorney General Barr, because one of the things we mentioned in our case is bait and switch now this this may lead into
0: yeah i think that's this next clip yep let's watch this clip our society these companies grew
2: because they held themselves out as public forums as free public forums where a variety of voices and diverse voices could come on and be heard that's how they grew that's how they attracted the eyeballs that's why people joined them But now that they have become these very powerful networks of eyeballs, now that they've grown by holding themselves out as free public forums, they've now switched. And they are using that market power to force particular viewpoints. And that's wrong. And it has to be addressed not only through this executive order, but I think litigation going forward uh, and by further action on Capitol Hill. Thank you, Mr. President.
0: So that right there is literally what you were just talking about. It definitely sounds like what AG Parr is referencing and the, the, verb, the verbs that he's using, the terminology he's using, is coming from your case. Well, it, I mean, you have to
1: look at it and you go, OK, well, how many other cases are doing what we're doing? Who, who has that verbiage? Because we use it specifically that it was a bait and switch. Because what we're looking at is the entire business model of Facebook is predicated upon tortious interference theft and fraud I mean it's they're lying outright lying and the interesting thing is is that like a lot of people ask me like how do you fix it like how do we what do we do and and, and that was also some of the things that we talked about and they're like oh well we need to repeal the the cda and I said in, in a couple different interviews no the cda works if it's interpreted correctly I've said it in several interviews if you interpret the cda the way it was intended which is if you drive past the accident you do nothing you're okay if you render care it needs to be done in good faith not for compensation not with gross negligence or wanton and willful misconduct right third if you get involved and you develop the information you put your ideals into it you you decide that the who for example is correct you inject your facts if you inject facts That's the development of information. If what, what, uh, you know, Jack Dorsey and Twitter just did is they developed information against the most powerful man in the entire country. You, I mean, that was literally stupid.
0: Yeah. They stepped in it. Have you seen, have you seen Mark Zuckerberg's interview? He was on Fox and he basically said, yeah, he, he wouldn't have taken that approach. You know, he he uses his third-party fact-checkers. I mean, I got fact-checked on Facebook for posting a picture of an actual box of earloop masks where the warning says this this mask will not stop you or prevent you from contracting COVID. It was an actual box, it was a real picture of a real box, and they fact-checked me, an independent third-party for Facebook fact-checked me, and the reason was they said although the picture is accurate, People are misinterpreting it, so they're fact checking me, which what messes with my reach, which messes with my ability to monetize over an actual box, because they say people could misinterpret it.
1: So, do you want me to unpack the fraud here? This will be interesting. Absolutely. Independent third party fact checkers who are paid by Facebook. How is that independent if they are if they're paid? to fact check. Guess who identifies? I, I have all these in quotes from Facebook. They identify misinformation. They send it out to a third party factor checker who they pay to launder the decision. That's why they, they face it like that. The thing is, is that do you understand that if they're picking the content to send it out, to pay somebody to market false, thereby Injecting it into your newsfeed to counter your information, isn't that responsible in part for the development of information? Uh Oh, so that, I believe, is one of the big keys as you're going to find out that the entire fact checking situation is development of information that is also alleged in our lawsuit. So there are paying like any good attorney right now. I would warn them go out. Read it word for word, every filing. I'm telling you the entire structure of what Facebook does is in there. Every single one. Read the whole thing. Now, read, read all of our filings, our response, our opening brief, and our reply brief, because you will understand the CDA inside and out and their entire illegal plan.
0: And this goes for anybody that's been on Facebook, been on Twitter, that's been on Google, doesn't matter what big tech platform, if they've been censored, if you have friends that have been censored, if you've been censored, if you've had your reach lowered, if you have lost your page completely, you need to read this. Where would they go, Jason, to go read uh, all of your documents?
1: So what I would do is is that um, if you my name should be on here somewhere, Jason Fick, FYK, if you go to my website of my name, www.jasonfyk.com, at the top, you can pull out all of the, the legal filings. And there's also another little document in there that might really interest a lot of attorneys. And a matter of fact, actually, just recently, I was handed a, a confidential memorandum about a, a class action suit that's building. And it basically outlined the strategies that they were going to do. And a very, very good friend of mine, you know, wanted me to weigh in on what the you know, what, what I thought of the, the case. And I did. And I found a couple holes in it. And I also found even some more information, which I'm going to share right now, which is also interesting. But I had a long conversation with the attorney very late last night, actually. And I have completely redesigned their path because the truth of the matter is we need to stop looking at censorship as a first amendment issue and realize that the censorship has been done through torsius interference There is plenty of law that covers the financial aspects of this because they don't simply think you're high value. And low value isn't a covered issue to remove under CDA, CQA. So thereby, we can fix the censorship issue simply by fixing the economic issue of this. Let everybody have a level playing field. But they pointed something out to me. So the interesting thing in that that memorandum, the confidential memorandum is, now, of course, we've had lots of filings and so forth. However, there's always things going on in the courts and so forth. And they pointed out uh, Enigma versus malware bites. It was a case that was in the same exact court that I'm dealing with right now. And I'll, and I'll give you an update on that as well. But the Enigma case, the Ninth Circuit said that any decisions um, that are predicated upon antitrust amicus are non-immunized, which, of course, falls right into what i said about good samaritan and the financial compensation decisions if you are just making decisions so let's just say for example and we we won't make this even partisan say fox news and cnn both of them they are getting paid way more they are getting benefits of development and they are making facebook a whole lot more money correct therefore they're the ones that are getting taking off and, and so forth. And the people that they have literally said are low value while our high quality participants continue to do well. The whole thing's unfair. And we're going to prove that the business model, the whole thing is unfair. So, but I'll give you a quick update on where we're sitting. So the Ninth Circuit Court and we were prepared to go to oral arguments june 10th and man i was i was guns blazing i was ready to go right i was going to come in there and we were. i mean obviously not me i was going to have representation do it but i was ready all prepared we were preparing for the whole thing and we get a a surprise notice from the courts stating that essentially there was a unanimous decision amongst uh the attorney panel or the judge panel That we adequately provided the facts on our briefs and record that they no longer need us to come to oral arguments because the argument's been made. Now, that could obviously swing both directions. It could be that, yep, we made the argument, we're wrong. What I just said about Enigma versus Malwarebytes, they said basically what our case is about to prove. Now, Malwarebytes, you know, it's a big company. Facebook is a monster and they've hurt everyone. They have just put themselves in a the line of fire of massive litigation. I mean, you're going to be hearing it on TV. You know, have you been hurt by Facebook? Have you been banned or taken down? And that's what we're going to hear next. Right. But now the thing was, is that I also wondered whether or not something Strange had popped up. It, it was it was a very quick situation.
0: Let's go back really quick, because you said one op, one possibility is they're going to say uh, there's nothing here. They throw it out. The other possibility is that it's a unanimous consensus among the judges that your case needs to be heard and tried. Correct. Which is which means you're in the right direction.
1: Right. And we open Facebook up for what they have really done. And the amount of evidence that I have is catastrophic. It's, I have known that this was coming for so many years. I've been saving information. I've got my data from 2012. You have any idea of the amount of people I reached back then? You were telling me you were happy to, you know, get a million. I had posts with 68 million likes on them. Almost every post. I could mention a website and Man. shut it down. I was... In 2012 I was physically larger in terms of total numbers on Facebook and all of my audience was real none of that stuff was bought none of it was fake I was larger than BuzzFeed now interestingly enough BuzzFeed continues to plug along but Lee gee I have evidence of BuzzFeed with like gay sex ads with open sex ads oh yeah oh yeah BuzzFeed, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, the stuff that I have, but because they they pay more, they survive.
0: How much is BuzzFeed worth right now in your estimation? The last
1: I read, it was valued at one point seven billion. And I was once larger than that company.
0: So your your case could very well easily be worth over a billion or potentially even two billion dollars if they considered it at the value, if I, if I stayed in line with Buzzfeed and Facebook
1: hadn't stomped on me and, you know, given them an office over at Facebook. Yeah. It could be 1.7 billion, but you forget punitive damages. You're now talking about a three to, I believe 10 time multiple. Wow. Do you think that they're going to be able to pull together a jury that likes them anymore? I don't As think you so. want to be remotely happy with them. <laughs> they're, they're looking at some, at some rough stuff here, but, but I think I, not only that but let me ask you a good question the ninth circuit court right who's their boss who's the top guy is it ag Barr? it is now the interesting thing <laughs> is of course my it is. case took this very strange turn very quickly and then ag Barr stood there with president trump and said something the other day that makes me think hmm they have been paying attention and I have just simply laid it out for them. And I'll be honest with you. I'd be proud if, if, if it is my case that they're talking about. I have wanted to fix this for everyone because what they did was wrong. You know, it, it's absolutely wrong. They, they, they do it all the mega time. They wealthy yeah. off of all of us, stole it from us, and then sold it to people that were more valuable or tried to sell it back to us. Yet we built it. Wow. So maybe you can play that clip. It'd be interesting. I'll just be interested to see if what you think on this.
0: I got two more clips here. Let's see what this one is. I'm 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 all jazzed up, man, about all this. I'm so excited. I really feel it in my heart and spirit, brother. That this is it. That it's your case that they're talking about, and it. You've laid it out. You put so much hard work into it. I really believe it. It is. But let's let's see what 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 AG Bill Barr had to say right here.
2: No, it it doesn't repeal uh, Section 230, and and I'm not against uh, Section 230 if it was properly interpreted and properly applied, but it's been stretched. And I don't know of anyone on Capitol Hill who doesn't agree that it's been stretched beyond its original intention. I think this will help get back to the right balance.
0: Mr. Attorney General, can you give us more details? All right, that's not exactly the clip, but again, that that is what uh, that's your terminology. You you use that terminology, you share that terminology, and that supports what you're saying. What you've been saying is we don't need to get rid of the CDA's immunity that c- the suit CDA. We, it needs to be interpreted properly. So again, he's using a lot of the same terminology that is in your lawsuit against Facebook right now, pending in the Ninth Circuit. You're literally waiting for the ruling that could change. The world, it literally could change the world.
1: Yeah, our our briefs explain that interpretation almost monochromatically. It is so basic, (laughs) you can't mess it up. I mean, my my twelve year old son over here understands it almost repetitively. But it's very very simple of what the CDA was supposed to be. But nobody's ever actually really boiled it down, like just rendered it down to its core principles. I think that that's what that's about.
0: Well, and here's here's the here's the bomb that AG Bill Barr shared. I ran into him at Trump Tower, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, AG Bill Barr! You know, can I get a selfie video?" And uh, he said, "Yes, yes." He said, "Hey, how are you?" And I said, "What? You know who I am?" And he said, "Yeah, absolutely, I know who you are, David Harris Jr." And I was I mean, blown away. <laughs> I was bl- <laughs> well, it's I don't feel like that, you know, but especially the Attorney <laughs> General of the United are. States.
1: Come on. Yeah, well, we go back so far. I, I think it's funny because I saw your first ever video and I reshared it across my massive network and, and helped you out and, and you didn't know who I was. And I was just like, I just respect what you had to say. Wow. And here we are and it's going... I know David Harris Jr. win. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> yep. And I know the man that's about to bring down big tech and change the world. But even more than that, you're an amazing individual, amazing father, husband. You're a good man. We've had some really interesting talks, prayers. And I just absolutely believe from day one that, that God brought us alongside each other for me to just at least encourage you in any, every, every, in any way that I could let you know that God is in this fight with you because the fight is for all of us. It's for America. It's for freedom. It's for our, our president. It's for Christianity values. It's for conservative values. You know, whether you knew all that ahead of time or not, brother, that's you know it now. That's exactly what this fight's about. And God is going to bless you and honor you for it all. So here is the clip where A.G. Barr literally is talking about Current litigation cases currently being litigated. Now, I don't know of any other case that's reached the Ninth Circuit. Most every single case against Facebook or Big Tech gets thrown out. PragerU, they had a lawsuit against uh, YouTube, got thrown out. They didn't get past. They didn't. They didn't even get to the Ninth Circuit you are in the Ninth Circuit and they lost, yes. So as big as PragerU is and so many other cases that have gone up against Big Tech have lost, you have gotten farther than any other case and now the way that you've broken it down, the way that you've simplified how CDA has been misinterpreted, misapplied, the bait and switch, all these things that AG Barr is literally saying, this, I believe, tops it off and is what leads me to believe that he is specifically talking about you and your case. No,
2: what I was referring to there there is litigation going on all the time on on section 230 and its scope and we would look for appropriate vehicles to weigh in and file statement of interest so you wouldn't be filing an individual
0: okay now he says there's litigation going on all the time there is but there's none that have reached the level that yours has reached and for him to then offer a statement of recommendation to the ninth circuit which he is their boss on your case Right, right now, when the president of the United States just signs an executive order on social media censorship, uh, it seems like all these all the stars are aligning for you. You know what did you what did you what was going through your mind when you saw Attorney General Bill Barr share that information right there? What were you thinking? The thing
1: that I thought initially was is who else is is fighting a CDA case right now, like an active CDA case, yeah. and then I thought. Who's actually rendered this down to where they're actually going to, you know, put in what he called a a statement of interest, which I believe is what they call an amicus brief and an amicus brief coming from the absolute top saying that this is correct, that this is the correct interpretation. It'll fix it. It won't need to be repealed. And matter of fact, I even made the recommendation in our in our one of our, my last interviews. I said that if they did that, they would still need a regulatory board to under to make decisions as to what is good faith. Take that away from the social media companies. Figure out what is exactly is good faith, you know, but if the CDA is, you know, essentially, if they don't mess with the content, they never saw it. They don't know anything. They're protected under C1. If they render care, meaning they, they take something down because it is lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or otherwise objectionable, which objectionable should apply to those other things, that, that that's what they meant. Bad stuff, like really bad stuff. Like yeah. if that was the case, then they took it down in good faith. But now if they're taking us down or cutting off our financial incentives because we're low quality. Well, let, let me ask you this. Where exactly did I say inaccurate? Where is inaccurate in the CDA at all? Accuracy has nothing to do with objectionable. So why are they fact checking anything? The only reason they would fact check anything is because they want to inject or develop their own ideals. They want to put their stuff into it. That they're not allowed to do. That comes into F3 where they become a content provider, lose their music, lose their immunity.
0: So let's jump down the, let's jump down a little bit. Let's say, which I believe you will, you win your case. Facebook has to pay you billions of dollars. It opens up lawsuits for individuals, small and big. I'm not the biggest out there that have been hit. I've got friends with you know, several million followers on their page that have had their reach completely diminished, that have had their income and their monetization from articles, ads, and all those things completely run dry. Individuals that have lost their pages, that are friends of mine that have completely lost their pages altogether. This opens up the potential for so many lawsuits or class action lawsuits. Do you see Facebook... What do you think? They pay. They pay them out. They they fight all these cases. They lose all these cases. They declare bankruptcy. What so are your thoughts? If this all like seeing online is, is, what do you that think? The
1: president can't take down uh, private companies, and I don't think that they understand that it's not that he's going to take them down. It's going to be that he gives everybody the path because eventually, what happens is, is that I, if if we open up this path, which I don't even think I think it's inevitable now, whether I do it or or the the antitrust, the state antitrust do it of this. The precedent's going to be set that the decisions that they made to remove content were financially driven. They took everybody off of their, you know, they say, oh, come on, build your business. Oh, by the way, we're going to take it away from you. Now we're going to sell it over to somebody else because you keep people coming on here, but we're going to sell it to people they don't want even though we said that the most important thing about your newsfeed is who you choose to engage with and the pages you choose to follow. There's your switch. What happens? All of the people now go, did Facebook take my business down? Did they make money for sponsored ads? Did they displace me in the newsfeed? Yes, yes. And yes. Well, you just became a litigant because now what happens is the whole business model is predicated on torsions interference. So I think what you're going to see is attorneys lining up, you know, to and even though the president can't take them down, litigation can.
0: So that's my question. Do you think that do you think there'd be enough litigation that Facebook would just declare bankruptcy? Or do you think that they would pay out and try to salvage what they've got? What are your what are your thoughts? Again, we're we're guessing here. But
1: what I think will happen, what I personally think will happen, and this is only my opinion at this point is I think that the federal antitrust, because well, it's very difficult. And, and actually, I want to give a shout out to my, my law firm. It is expensive. It is difficult. It is an endeavor to fight one of the largest companies in the world. And Callagy Law, specifically Sean Callagy and Jeff Graver and Mike Smyke and, the, the, and, and actually Connie out in California. But this all started with Jeff Graver saying, you know what? You're right. This shouldn't happen. But there was no way I could afford to fight this company. And and he sat down with Sean Callagy and he said within half an hour, Sean hired Jeff and said, we're taking the case. And they did. Wow. And they have fought it tooth and nail. We have brought it. We have brought a war. And we, I mean, we even warned Facebook that we, that we weren't going to stop. I mean, this is going to Supreme Court if the night gets this wrong. Regardless, we know it's right. But we all stepped up because it's difficult to sue well this will make it much easier and i think that the antitrust i think the states or the federal government is going to come in and they're going to sue the snot out of them based upon the precedent that we're about to set and they're going to settle i think it's going to be a massive settlement hundreds of billions potentially i mean it's really gonna hurt the company and then they're going to do a payout to everybody. And we will just have made that happen so that not everybody has to sue. It may be simplified, you know, but those hurt the most, you know, that, that are impending litigation, that they're thinking about it. They step up, you know, we, we, I'll definitely act as a consultant for for any case and explain what I know. I mean, I got a lot of evidence.
0: Well, it is exciting, brother. I definitely believe that a change is coming. The president couldn't have I know we could have done it sooner. We hoped he would have. I always believe he's playing chess and we only see the checkerboard. I think that uh, obviously Twitter making their decision to start fact-checking him was kind of the last straw. And it's going to break the camel's back. It's going to break Big Tech's back. I truly believe that. It's going to open up what we all have wanted our freedoms to say and view and listen to and have access to who we want to listen to, who we want to watch. And for content creators, people that bring news, it's going to open up those avenues as well for everybody to hear what we've got to say. And it'll help the monetization for those that have been doing this as a livelihood and created a business. And my friend, you, I believe are the tip of the spear that's going to bring justice to all of those millions of Americans and put our country back on track so that we we're not being swayed by individuals that think their way, their philosophy, their ideologies are better than ours. I think that you, brother, are the hammer, the sledgehammer that's gonna bring that home. So such a pleasure to uh, have you on. Any final words? Anything else you'd like to say? Actually, yeah, uh, I do have some final words. I just wanted to say
1: that my 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 heart and my condolences go out to the family and friends of of George Floyd. I too, if you dig deep into my story, I have had a run in with corrupt cops. And I would just say that, you know, you and I, we're friends, that, that race is, is, not the, is not always the issue. The fact is that corruption exists and it needs to be stopped and it needs to be done the right way. And that to riot and damage other people's property and hurt people, that's not the way to do it. That yeah. we need to fight this just like I did. It took forever for me to get here, years you've got to fight it the right way. So be careful to all. Let's hope we can set this nation back on
0: track. I agree with you, my brother. A heart and prayers. Thoughts and prayers go out to George Floyd and his family. I've been talking about him all week and definitely was very disturbed by what we witnessed. But I do hope and believe that justice will, will reign supreme. And I hope Americans will allow and give the, the, the time and room necessary for justice to take its course. Uh, and I can't see anything less than absolute jail and conviction for murder for at least one, if not all four of those officers that, uh, that uh, perpetrated that on George. So thank you for sharing that Jason, but it's coming. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. And I believe your case is a prime example of it as well. So God bless you, my brother. I just pray God would continue to give you rest and peace in the final days, hours, so to speak, of this journey that you've been on for years. And I just really hope and pray that uh, restitution comes a hundredfold for you. And I know your heart. I know you'll uh, you'll put that money to good use. Uh, but more importantly, you'll pave a pathway for so many other hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of Americans to also then get, uh, get their own sense of justice. So God bless you, Jason. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll be talking to you very soon. I'd love to, you get any updates on your case. I'd love to break the news here on my show, but you could choose to, you could choose to break it anywhere you want, but at least give me a phone call as soon as you get the news. All right. Yeah, it's coming for sure. All right. Sounds good. My brother, God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, friends, what we just heard, you just heard from the man that literally uh, could be on the front page of magazines, newspapers all around the country is the man whose case brought down big tech and stopped them from... From uh, their their senseless censorship, nonstop censorship and attacks of those of us conservatives that you know that you know and love to hear. It also could uh, be the pivotal point that helps make sure that Americans hear the truth about the President of the United States and his administration, instead of only relying on the propaganda that is the liberal mainstream media. Please share this message, share this podcast, share it with 25 friends. Help me spread the word about the David J. Harris Jr. show. And uh, I truly, truly, truly appreciate your all of your support. God bless you and and one last word from my sponsor if you have not already gone to mypillow.com and given some of Mike Lindell's products a try go to mypillow.com check out his sheets I love his sheets I love his mattress topper I love his pillows use the code david at mypillow.com and you'll not only be blessing that patriot but you'll be blessing me as well God bless you have a great rest of your day bye bye